Good morning. Can you hear me? What about now? Yeah, there we go. Right. I'm going to start this morning off with a question. So I'm going to need your help a little bit this morning. My question is this. If you could have any superpower that you wanted at all, what would it be? If you could have any superpower, Nathan, what would you have? Pardon? Quick speed. That's a great one. Super speed. Anybody else? Superheroes. Ilea at the back. A super masker. Is that like invisibility or something? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Anybody else? In- Pardon? Flying. That's a great one, Heidi. Camouflage. Wow. Oh, one down here. Pardon? Teleportation. That would be great in a commute, wouldn't it? Jamie. Super strength. Oh, that's a good one for this morning. That's a really good one for this morning. So, our story this morning, at the start of it, we have Israel, the country, and they needed a hero. They needed somebody, maybe with some of these superpowers that we were talking about. But the reason they needed a hero was that Israel thought that they knew better. They thought that they didn't need God. And do you think that went very well? No. No, not really, it didn't. You see, as soon as they didn't have God's protection, a massive army of Midianites, can you say Midianites? Midianites, right, that is the last time I'll do that this morning, don't worry. Um, Midianites, a massive army, about 135,000 of them, they came and they conquered Israel because they didn't have God's protection anymore. And the size of the Midianite army was more people than could fit in the biggest football stadium in the entire world. It was a massive army for those days. And they destroyed all of Israel's crops, all of their animals. They destroyed their homes, the villages, and that sort of stuff. So Israel were living in caves. And they didn't have much food, so they were starving. And so Israel needed a hero. And so what they decided is that, oh, okay, maybe it was better when we did have God. So they cried out to God, God, help us. They probably wanted God to send someone with some of those superpowers that we were just talking about. And God hears them, and he gives them a hero. But what is this hero like, I hear you ask? Does he have any superpowers? Let's find out who God chooses. Right, so we've got a couple of verses. We'll have some verses from the floor. So can I have number one, please? Number one, well done, Sammy. It's coming. It's going to be good. The, the angels of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Wonderful. So, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. You are strong. Oh, no, it was the bottom one, wasn't it? You are a mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. Right. Who's got number two? I think Ruel's going to be running around all the way to the front down here, Ruel. Sorry, he's getting his steps in today. So we see God has chosen someone who he says is a mighty warrior. Right, number two, number two go for it. You are strong. Go and save Israel from the power of Midian. I am sending you. Okay, so you are strong. This is good. So we have a mighty warrior, and we have you are strong. This is pretty good. 
So what do we know? So his name is Gideon, and even better, he's a warrior, and he has the strength needed to defeat the Midianites. This is really good. God has chosen a hero who sounds like he's got all of the strengths that we need, that we need to defeat the Midianites. But all is not quite as it seems with our hero. Let's read our next verse. Who's got number three? Let's read our next verse, and we'll just see how our hero responds to God. Pardon me, sir, Gibeon replied, but how can I possibly save Israel? My family group is the weakest tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least important member of my family. Hang about. That wasn't really part of the plan, was it? So he's strong and a mighty warrior, but yet we just hear God saying that he's the weakest He's probably the weakest man in the whole of Israel. So he's the weakest man in his family. He's the weakest man. The family's the weakest in the tribe, and the tribe is the weakest in the whole of Israel. And yet God has chosen him to be a mighty hero. What was God doing? Okay, so what else do we know about Gideon? Well, we know that when God first speaks to Gideon, he was hiding in something like that. Now, can anybody who is under the age of 11... Tell me what that is. Anybody? Heidi? It's a big hole. Yeah, it is a big hole. Jamie? It's a well. It's not a well. It's close, though. Uh, Jack? A water hole. It's not a water hole. Any other ones? Hudson? A pit? It's sort of like a pit, but it's got a special use. Okay, maybe I'll have to open it up a little bit. Well, I'm just going to open it up. Okay, right, Layla, have you got the answer? For putting children in. That would be wonderful. What a great answer. <laughs> That's thrown me. Um, <laughs> okay, so maybe anybody else. Open up to the floor. If you know the story of Gideon, what is that a picture of, Martin? For pressing wine. Wonder if I knew you'd have the right answer. So this is used for making wine. So you put the grapes in it, and you press on the grapes, and you squash it all down, and you make wine. But what was Gideon doing in that? Because he wasn't making wine. You know what he was doing? He was using it to thresh wheat, which is to crush wheat so the bad bits separate that you don't need, and you keep the bits that you need for bread. But what was Gideon doing with that? Doing in there? doing that, because that's normally done in a big field, so all the bad bits can fly away. Well, you know what Gideon was doing? He was hiding. He was hiding. So, he was scared. So we know that Gideon, not only was he weak, the weakest person in the whole of Israel, but he was scared as well. But yet God calls him to be the hero of Israel. I noticed that no one said one of the superpowers that we'd want was being scared or weak. Is those superpowers that we'd want? No, not really. And yet here's God choosing this unimpressive, weak, scared little Gideon and telling him that he was going to save Israel from the Midianites. It's pretty obvious that our hero doesn't match up to the task that he's been given. But, wait a minute... Gideon has a brainwave. And what Gideon does is that he calls out to the whole of Israel, all of those people hiding in caves, and he gathers to himself a massive army. It's an army of 32,000 people. Right, it's not 135,000 that the Midianites had, but, oh, I've got a little helper, but 
it's still a pretty, pretty big amount of people. I mean, 32,000 with the right leadership, uh, maybe catching them by surprise, they might be able to do something. So, I'm going to need your help to illustrate this a little bit. So, I would like you guys probably up to here. Can you stand up for me? I'd like you to be, you are our Israelites, okay? You're our army of 32,000 Israelites, and the rest of you, you are the lovely Midianite army. So you've got to look mean. Need some mean faces. So these are our heroes over here. So they might stand a chance. They might stand a chance. I'm not so sure. But you know, that's not the end of the story. It wasn't them versus them. You know what God says to Gideon straight away? That's too many people. I mean, what? That's strange. You thought you've got less than the other people. That would, that's really odd. But God says to Gideon, you've got too many people. You need to get rid of some. So everybody who was scared got sent home. Now, I thought that would include Gideon because he was also scared. But God kept him. But he sent everybody else who was scared. So I think you guys, you need to sit down. You're not in the army. You're too scared. And you guys as well, if you can sit down. So we have... What an awesome family there. Do you know how many people God got rid of? He got rid of 22,000 of the 32,000. So we're left with an army of 10,000 against you lot, who are our massive Midianite army. Now, you know what? 10,000 is still quite a lot of people, so there might have been a little bit of a chance. But it's still very unlikely, isn't it? But you know what God said then? You've still got too many people. You've still got too many people. I mean, what's going on? What's God trying to do? So that 10,000 got cut down to 300. So anybody whose name isn't Hudson, I think you need to sit down. (laughs) Hudson, can you come up here for me just for a minute? My wonderful, wonderful volunteer. Do you want to step up there for me? Just step up. Stand up for me. Wonderful. Okay. Now, so you are representing our army of 300 against this 135,000. What do you think your chances are? Uh, Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But you know what? I think you're actually still looking a bit strong because if you remember, the Israelites had all their food taken from them as well. So they would have been probably a bit weak too. So how are we going to do that? How good are you standing on your one leg? Okay, you're right like that for half an hour. (laughs) Chances aren't very good now, are they? And you guys are the Midianite army, so again, you've got to look mean and nasty. Big mean faces. Do you reckon you might need some help? Yeah, I think so. You know what? Gideon needed some help too. You can stand on one leg now. That's fine. Your two legs. Gideon needed some help as well. And you know what we've actually done? We actually skipped over a bit of the story here. And it's a bit of the story where Gideon was so unsure and so in need of help that he cries out to God and asks him to prove that this was God's plan and prove that God had the power to do the stuff. And each time, he asked him three times because he was so fearful. And each time, God gave Gideon such miraculous, amazing signs that Gideon was left in no doubt whatsoever about God's power and that this was God's plan. And you know, God did more than just those signs as well. Do you remember those verses that we read out right at the beginning, verses 1 and 2, where we were introduced to Gideon? God spoke to Gideon, 
And he gave him, and he made him promises. We see up on the screen. It says, the Lord is with you. I am with you, God said to him. And he also said, I am sending you. So these are promises that God had made. So, Hudson, right now you've got to imagine that you are Gideon and your chances don't look very good against this mighty rabble of an army. But just for a minute, also imagine, right, this is a big imagination, you've got to imagine that I'm God for a minute, which is quite a stretch. And I've just done something amazing. I've just shown you some amazing things. Maybe like the, the genie in Aladdin. I've shown you some amazing things which shows you how powerful I am. And I'm promising you, I am sending you and you will defeat this whole army. You will defeat them and I am with you. Does that make any difference, do you think? It does make a bit of a difference, doesn't it? Even though I'm not a perfect representation of God by a long stretch, but it makes quite a big difference when God promises things to us. Cheers, mate. Go sit down. You're a very, very good helper. Okay. So one of the biggest questions that we have in this story is why? I mean, why did God choose Gideon to be his hero? The weakest man in Israel who was really scared... And he was nothing like a hero. And also, why did God take a perfectly decent army and strip it down just to 300 people against 135,000? It just doesn't seem to make any sense, does it? Well, in the middle of this story, God gives Gideon an indication why he did it. So have we got verse number four? Who's got number four? Anyone got number? Oh, we've got number four at the back. Well done, Will. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Mm. So from that, we can, we can realize that God didn't want Israel thinking that they had ever, were ever going to save themselves. If they had had a big army, or if Gideon was a really impressive military leader, that, and they had won that they would have probably taken all the credit for themselves, wouldn't they? But God wanted Israel to know that he really cared for them and he had their back and he was the one who had the power to defeat the Midianites and not them. And what did happen in our story? I mean, it's an amazing story. What happened was that 300, that army of 300 defeated that army of 135,000. It's an incredible story. If you have a chance to read it at home, Judges chapter 6 and Judges chapter 7, I really encourage you to read it because it's a really faith-inspiring story. So whether you want to read it at home on your own or in your family groups, I really encourage you to do that. You know, we see God doing this sort of thing all the way through the Bible, don't we? Where he chooses an unlikely hero. We see it in the story of David, who was a young shepherd boy who was even overlooked by his father. And he, became, he defeated a giant and he became the greatest king of Israel. And we see in Abraham and his wife Sarah, who are an old, childless couple who became parents to a great nation. We see in the disciples, who are a bunch of ordinary men who would change the world. But most importantly, 
importantly and most perfectly, we see it in the story that we're going to celebrate next month, in the birth of Jesus. Jesus came as a very unlikely hero, as a baby, in born in a stable in dirt, but he went on to change all of history for all people. Who's got verse number five for me? Oh, Mike, wonderful. Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. God's power is made perfect in weakness. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. What we've just heard Mike saying is that is, is, is from Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul is saying that he knows that God uses weak, unlikely people to demonstrate God's power. And that's one of the things that this story teaches us. It doesn't matter if you're the weakest, or the youngest, or the oldest, or the smallest, or the biggest, or you've got the fewest friends. Those things don't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got depression. It doesn't matter if you've failed time and time and time and time again. God purposefully chooses those people who are weak to demonstrate his strength and that he loves us and he's got our backs. Now, I know that we're not all facing a massive army like Gideon was, but we all do have things that God is asking us and challenging us to do, and we don't always feel like we're strong enough or good enough to do it. It might be praying for a friend who's going through a hard time at school. It might be praying for healing for a parent outside the school gates. It might be loving that person who is really difficult to love, who's in your circle. Or God might be asking you to do something like Ben and Hannah are doing and going to a different part of the world to share about Jesus. Gideon was given a promise from God. God promised Gideon, I will be with you. And Jesus promises us exactly the same thing. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, it says, I will be with you always. This is a verse that my family and I are trying to learn. It's nice and short, but it's packed full of truth, and it has amazing consequences. I am with you always, says God. And that's through his Holy Spirit. He is always with us. So, even though we might feel weak or inadequate, even though we might be weak and inadequate, that just means that you're in the best position for God to use you to demonstrate his power. Through his Holy Spirit, God promises to be with us so that those things that might seem really impossible and scary become very, very possible indeed. Hannah. Wow. God's, oh, thank you. God's power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We're going to have some time now uh, to get up and do something a bit different in response to all that we've heard today. Um, maybe you want to respond to the drama. Um, has God already been talking to you in the little things, giving you signs of his promises like he gave to Gideon, or asking you what he wants you to do next? Perhaps you need to listen in. Maybe you want to respond to Ben and Hannah. 
Is God calling you to go somewhere or to talk to someone, that someone? Um, but one thing I'd really like us all to do together is respond to the challenge that Nathan's brought us. So you should all have a small piece of paper and a pen. And if you don't, please wave to our lovely assistants in red T-shirts. Okay. Oh, there's some hands at the front. This is for adults, children alike, okay? So we're going to do it all together, everyone. So we're almost there. What we're going to do is have some time to think about some way in which you might feel that you are weak or perhaps not good enough or even scared like Gideon was that might be holding you back from all that God has for you. Um, You can do this alone, but it is a family service, so I do encourage you to share and chat with your friends or your family, Um, talk about it amongst yourselves, pray with one another if you feel like it, and then when you're ready, what we're going to do is we're going to bring our piece of paper up to the front, and we're going to screw it up or rip it up and throw it away in one of our bins as a sign of giving it back to God, okay, in your weakness, and he is made strong, okay? And then in return, so we don't just walk away feeling weak still, we're going to let you have, take, your, take a little army man as a reminder of God's power, of his love and his Holy Spirit, a reminder that it's him fighting your battles, a reminder that he is always with you. So we're going to have some music on, and we're just going to do that, and then we've got people to help out. If you are in the ID room, there should be ones for you as well. Please do join with us in this. Um, Let's go.